Hello, and welcome to Tammy for a Change. I'm so excited to introduce you to our very first episode. In this episode, I talk with Lynn Houston from Duckwater, Nevada, and also formerly from Wisconsin. And in this episode, we talk about how we wish to be the change we wish to see in the world and how to lift each other up, up, up. There is a couple spots that are a little sketchy on the recording, but again, my very first episode, so bear with me. I hope you enjoy, and I hope you keep coming back again and again. Thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome. I am here with Lynn Houston. She is a lifelong friend of mine. We have actually been friends since kindergarten, so that is a very long time. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. And it is a long time. It's a lifetime. It is a lifetime. I am so excited to be talking to you on my very first podcast. I get, I'm so honored to be the very first guest on your podcast. Do you Thank have you. any idea why I chose you as my first? You know... I, I don't really know exactly. You'll have to tell me. Well, I just think that this podcast could be life-changing, not only for myself, but for others. And I think that who better to do that with than somebody you have been friends with since for a lifetime? Well, I think that for us, you know, meeting in kindergarten, it was life-changing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we didn't even know it. No, nope, we didn't. <laughs> So you never know when something is going to be life-changing, right? That is the truth. (laughs) That is definitely the truth. All right. So should we jump right in with some questions? Sure. Okay. So first, I'm going to give a little background. The whole reason, and you already know this, but for the listeners, the whole reason I wanted to do this is because I have always believed in being the change that I want to see in the world. And I want to, wanted to make a positive difference in the world. I want to leave an impact. I believe we all leave a ripple. And I want my ripple to be positive and leave it a little bit better than I found it. So what gifts did I have that I could share with the world? And <laughs> I've been told forever and a day that my gift is my gift of gab. So if there's anything I know how to do, it's talk. So here I am on a podcast talking to make a change in the world. So that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> Fantastic. It's so you. <laughs> Thank you. So the first thing I want to ask you is how do you lift up others and how do you lift up yourself? And let me back up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about what you do and where you live and things like that. So I am a teacher, an elementary school teacher. I have been an elementary school teacher for more than 30 years. Um, The vast majority of that time, all but about three years, I've spent teaching in a one-room school in very remote Nevada, uh, 70 miles from the nearest town. And, uh, you know, the building is more than one room, but it's one classroom. And it serves kids from the age of four in preschool through the eighth grade. And there have been some years with some special circumstances where I've had some high school kids who've done distance education uh, um, along with that. So uh, that's been my uh, 
my professional career for all of my life since I was, you know, 24 years old, 23 years old. Um, personally, um, I have been most recently on a, a, a weight loss journey. And it, I don't know, is that something I should include at this point? Sure. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's weight for me has been a lifelong battle. I've, I was, um, obese nearly all my life, except for maybe a couple of years in high school. Um, and you know, I had some yo-yo moments where I'd, I could lose 50 pounds or I'd lose 80 pounds or 90 pounds. And then, you know, it's like, okay, I'm just about at where I want to be. And then I like just lose control and gain it all back and some more. And so I'd kind of just like given up on the whole thing and been, then kind of thought, you know, it is what it is. I am who I am. This doesn't have to be a defining thing for me. Um, and one day, um, a friend of mine and who's also a coworker said, Hey, I want to tell you about this thing called intermittent fasting. And, um, and I'm like, okay, tell me about it. And so she talked for a little bit and I was like, so you want to like starve yourself now you want to like fast. <laughs> right. And, um, does this sound familiar Tammy? <laughs> It certainly and, does. <laughs> and so she said, oh, just wait a minute and let me talk about it for a minute. And so she did. And um, in a nutshell, for those people who don't know, intermittent fasting is just um, where you eat during a small window of time during a 24-hour period. And then the rest of the time, you only consume water or black coffee or uh, plain tea. And so I was very skeptical for many reasons. One was just... You know, I didn't think I would be able to stick to that any more than I was able to stick to low carb or calorie counting or any of the other things. And so, but she's a good friend of mine. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I thought, you know, completely skeptical, no, no thought that it would ever be anything that I would be successful at or could ever maintain for any duration of time. So I thought, yeah, all right, fine. I figured we'll do this for a few weeks and then we'll be like, you know, this really sucks and I don't like this. <laughs> and yes. so that's what I thought it would be. And lo and behold, here I am more than three years later and I've lost a uh, hundred pounds and maintained, maintained, uh, it's just fantastic. maintained that for more than a year now, um, going on uh, 15 months and went from like 247 pounds to 147 pounds or thereabout. And from a size 24 to a size six, four, sometimes, you know, and so it's, when I look back, um, you're, you started to ask the question, how do you lift yourself up and, and how do I lift up others? And I I think it's very much a reciprocal relationship wherein, um, you know, one person does something and that lifts up a person. And then that person does sort of a response to that. And that lifts up the other person who started it as well as other people around them. And so I, I look at your question in terms of that it's not one person doing one thing. And it's not one person doing one thing for one other person. It's sort of, 
it's it's reciprocal, but it's also almost like cyclical, where it sort of goes around and spreads, and as you said, ripples. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love I, that. I would also, and almost like a domino, but it's still it's not only going in a circle; it's paying itself forward. Also, right, exactly. So, and awesome. I was also going to talk about that. Um, very related to that, you, your question was how how do I lift people up, and I would talk just for a little bit about that when you teach anybody anything but in particular (laughs) in particular little kids um they have these little psyches that constantly need to be reassured and constantly be um built up in a positive way and don't we all exactly so you know, it's not just little kids, it's everyone kind of need, everyone needs to be validated yes. and everybody needs reassurance of on a regular basis. I agree with you. So in my career, that's something that I'm fairly acutely aware of that I need to be building kids up. Um, really little kids, they kind of, most of them have, as when they enter school, they have this general idea that, you know, they've been the center of their parents' world and that they're valued and loved and admired and all those things. And then as socially, they have other experiences, not just in school, but in life, then those, I mean, you you and I certainly have, can remember going through those changes as we grew up um, where, oh, wait, I'm not all those things that I thought I was, you know? And, and somebody thinks <laughs> yes. I'm not because they told me, you know, and then you have these, these self doubts that sort of gnaw at you. And, and I mean, certainly can be, you know, life, lifelong little devil oh, sitting on so your true. shoulder. So as far as for, for, for my career, um, that's something I'm acutely aware of and spend a lot of time encouraging and, like you said, validating and praising and, but in a gen trying to be doing so in a genuine way. Um, Yes. I think it's so important that you said that because um, as we, as we do age and as we are little and moving up into our teen years and especially, especially as teen girls, I think um, there is that, thing where um we this is what i'm expected to be which kind of goes right into the very next question i was going to ask about it and we we tend to we don't realize the little tiniest thing can make a huge difference in what somebody says to us i am sure there are so many people that are listening and people that we know they hear one little thing and that carries with them for the rest of their days or a long time, maybe until they're in their forties or fifties when they finally go, Oh, that little thing is not correct. It's just something someone said. And by the same token, if we say something positive, that can be carried with them as well. It's true. And we need more of that. I I agree. in life. So that, like I said, that kind of brings me right into the next question, which is how do you keep yourself from comparing yourself to others? What are some of the strategies you use? Oh my goodness. Um, having spent, you know, the first 50 years of my life, probably, um, in many ways comparing myself to others in terms of physical 
body size and feeling really inadequate and like that I could never ever measure up I guess or maybe measure down (laughs) it's a better way (laughs) to say it Uh, however I feel like that that was something that now I can see that I limited myself in other words I had these thoughts about who what other people were thinking but they were my thoughts about what other people were thinking as opposed to what other people might actually have been thinking and can you can you expound on that a little bit? Can you just give a little bit more to that? Give an example of something where you yes. were limiting yourself in your mind. Absolutely. So, and and this was all of my life up until about the last three years. So I would walk into a room. It could be people I knew. It could be people I'd never met before. But I walk into a room, and always in the always not just in the back of my mind, but in the very front of my mind. I had this idea that what people were thinking was, oh, there's fat Lynn. Mm. And as opposed to, oh, there's Lynn. Hi, Lynn. <laughs> you know? Right. And that's, right. But that wasn't necessarily what anybody would. There might have been some people who thought that over the 50 years of my life. I'm sure there were. <laughs> but sure. there were probably my my what I believe now is that the vast majority of those people were not thinking, Oh, there's fat Lynn. They were just thinking, Oh, there's Lynn. Or maybe they, there's my friend Lynn. Or maybe they didn't even notice that I walked in in the first place because they were talking to somebody else. And sure. because certainly when I'm in a room full of people and somebody walks in, sometimes I don't even notice that somebody walked in. Sometimes I do, when I do notice, I'm like, Oh, there's so-and-so and Oh, hi. Or, or maybe I don't, I'm like, oh, I don't know that person. Who is that? Hey, do you know who that person is? I've, uh, have we met before? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like yes. the normal thing. So that would be an example of a way where socially I was limiting. Crippling yourself. Yes. Um, so much crippling is exactly how I would describe it. And that's, that's a great example. So I, I would say your question was about how do I keep from comparing myself to other people? This journey where I finally feel normal in my body um, has opened my mind to where it's almost like it's natural that I don't need to um, lift myself up because I'm just, I just feel normal. And so what would you say to that person that, is still struggling in maybe they're struggling in that body maybe they're struggling in something in their mind or maybe they're struggling with uh something at home or a social aspect or whatever it may be what would you say to that person that may be crippling themselves as well i because they're not they didn't do a big physical change or a big emotional change to get over that hump what what could you tell them i think i would go back to as children, and you mentioned this, that we come to the world and we don't have those preconceptions. And then we start to get out into the world and we have these, these social things that happen to us. And, And in childhood, a lot of times those things happen on the playground or at, in the classroom, or it could be, you know, when you went to swimming lessons or whatever. And the, the, the thing is that someone said something or maybe several people said something that hurt your feelings or made you think about yourself a different way. And as you said, it could be something that's stays with you for your whole life. However, 
we grow up, we become adults. And, and, and before that, we're teenagers, and maybe we never even see that person again. But long after that person stopped saying that to you, you took over for them. And you said it to yourself over and over <laughs> That's huge. and over and over and over until it became your truth. So I think what I would say to a person who hasn't gone, undergone some big change to realize that is that you have to stop saying that to yourself. And it's hard, though. Like, I don't, I don't know how you stop saying it other than to make a conscious decision to, to maybe substitute something different, a different mantra. Right. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. I think I think that what you said is so important. You didn't come right out and say the word lie, but you said you need to tell yourself the truth. Yeah. And the truth is you're still that same perfect person that you were when you were born. Right. You're just maybe in a different with experience. physical. Yeah. With a different physical um, place or a different emotional state or whatever, but you need to stop telling yourself those lies and tell yourself a new story. Tell yourself a truth that you know who you really are deep down inside. Right. And that's the person that everybody's saying, Oh, there's Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. Not there's that Lynn. There's yeah. Lynn. And, and I think it takes, yeah. it takes, I think that's it great. It definitely takes some time. Um, and, you know, repetition of that truth, um, because certainly, you know, the, that lie that you told yourself that somebody else told you to begin with that you took over for um, in bullying you <clears throat> yeah. um, and bullying yourself. Um, you had to work at that for years and years and years. So you're, you know, this, it doesn't happen overnight just because you told yourself the truth one time or even 25 times. Right. Develop. I like what you said about tell yourself a new mantra and a mantra does get repeated over and over. So there it is. Tell yourself a new, make yourself a new mantra. Um, I would add one other thing too. And I think that's that surrounding yourself with people who, who love you, people who care about you, people who want to see you succeed, um, people who, know you and 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 see the best in you and don't mind telling you that doesn't hurt either like you know how when we were kids and our our parents would kind of my parents anyway there were certain people that my parents sort of tried to steer me away from (laughs) as friends and um or just even as acquaintances or people to hang out with and I think but I think there was a reason why they did that. And it was, it was a protective measure on our parents, my parents' part. And I think that we need to adopt a protective uh, in, in not like, I don't think you need to be overprotective of yourself, but I do think that you can choose who you are around and with as much as you can um, that promote the kind of things that you're talking about in your podcast about being uplifting and positive. Um, yeah, choose so. choose a good um, shield, I guess, mm-hmm. of people. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Awesome. Um, and I I like to touch on um, what was the last random act of kindness you did for yourself? The last random act of kindness I did for myself. Um. You know, and is it okay if I talk about um, 
the DDD series? Sure. Yes. So, um, the intermittent fasting that I have been using is based on Jen Stevens' Delay Don't Deny. And um, so I think there, there's a lot of talk in the Facebook groups that surround that, um, that book um, and, and way of eating. And there's a lot of talk in there about not having diet mentality and about that, you know, you eat and then you feast and, and then and you fast and then you feast and you fast. And in between the eating periods, you don't say to yourself, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. Or I should be eating this or I should be counting this. And I didn't weigh that and I didn't measure that. And I mm-hmm. think that and and then also within there, there's also a discussion about patience and patience has never in my lifetime been something that I was good at. My prayer was out in the morning was uh, heavenly father, please bring me, please send me patience. Oh, and Lord, could you send it to me like right now? Cause I need it. And <laughs> right. So I think that those things have changed my perception of, of everyday living to that it doesn't have to happen right now. And, and, and not just in relation to losing weight or maintaining weight um, or when it's time to eat or whatever, but having this whole outlook of things will happen when they're supposed to happen. And I have the whole rest of my life. So I think releasing myself from that was a, a kind thing that more like I learned um, not so much that I, I, but it ended up being a gift that was given to me but I also think I had to give myself permission to do that. So perhaps permission to accept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And I mean, you know, I spoil myself all the time, you know, when my husband's not spoiling <laughs> me, I'm spoiling myself. So if I want a new bike, I go buy it. I'm kind of a bike collector. So, um, or right. But this is different. This is something that you take with you everywhere yeah. you go. And that's awesome. Yeah. So what was the last random act of kindness you did for someone else? And I can, I could give you a lot of them that you've given to me, but I'll let you answer. Um, well, I mean, I was at the store the other day and there was a young man there and with a gallon of milk and his, his, you know, the card that they use for, uh, food, uh, sure. whatever, and it wouldn't work. And, and the cashier was not being, I mean, I'm sure that they see lots of people every day and I'm sure they see people who abuse the system and whatever. And I don't really care. It was a gallon of milk. Um, so I, I was really undecided whether I didn't want to embarrass the person. And so I'm looking at my husband and he's looking at me and I, the, by now the poor guy's walked out and it was like his second attempt and it couldn't get the car to work mm. and whatever. And I say, go get him. And so my husband takes off after him. So we bought the gallon of milk. That was just a random act of whatever. Um, That's awesome. I mean, in my daily life, um, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, whispering in a student's ear that, you know, you're special and you're, you're, you're one of the special ones. They, they don't know that I, t- I whisper that in every kid's ear. <laughs> <laughs> so um when when you can just see that a kid needs to be boosted you know then it's just hey you can do this i i know you can you're one of the you're you're one of the special ones oh that's awesome 
but I tell that to all the kids, so they just don't know it. That's that's <laughs> terrific. Um, I'm not one of those people who goes into, um, you know, first of all, I don't live near a Starbucks, but even if I did, I'm not one of the people who goes into Starbucks and says, hey, you know, here's $40 and pay for the next however many. <laughs> um, but I am very acutely aware of um, people who are living in poverty and have, um, you know, none of the chances and extra things that I have and have had in my life. And so, um, you know, I, if I see someone who needs lunch, I buy it. Um, if I have a kid who shows up without lunch and it's not because they can't afford it, it's just, they forgot it, you know, rather than have them feel embarrassed. It's like, here, I, I've got, you can have your choice. I got ramen, I got peanut butter and jelly, and I got hot dogs. What do you want? <laughs> right, you know? so right. Trying to think ahead to so that those random acts of kindness are simple um, and easy to accomplish. That's good advice for anyone. Think ahead so that you are in the position to do those things. That's awesome. So what would you, you know, this podcast is about, uh, I believe the world needs more love and gratitude and kindness and optimism and positivity and all of those things. All of we need, we have all the negative boxes checked in the world. We've checked all those boxes. The political campaigns are turning into slander campaigns and we just have a lot of negative things going on. So what do you think, what, what do you, what strongly weighs on your mind that the world needs more of? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I, I mean, you, you covered all the things. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I agree with all of those things. Um, maybe a better, I guess I'm thinking more in political terms, so that makes it difficult. Um, maybe... Um, empathy. Oh, I guess that's that good. Empathy. So sympathy is feeling bad for somebody, but empathy is like getting down in the deep, dark well with them and sitting with them and feeling what they actually feel. Sure. And so I, now that I finally got to what I think is that the world needs more of, I would say empathy um, to actually experience, to try and experience what somebody else is feeling and thinking and going through, because I think it changes you as a person and how you interact with people. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. You know, a few years, well, two years ago, I guess it was, we went to um, Mexico city and did some volunteer work um, on a mission trip. And it was definitely eye opening and you definitely put yourself in their shoes, but it was almost impossible because we we are so blessed in this country and we have so many things. We we don't take, you know, we take eyeglasses for granted. If we need glasses, we go get glasses. And the people that we helped, it was so amazing how grateful they were just for us trying to help them, just for us being there wanting to help them, made them nice. feel gratitude. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome to try to experience somebody else's struggles is a huge one. Huge. How do we make that happen? 
more empathy in the world. I mean, I mean, I, I think it has to be a conscious choice again, that people, part of it would be just awareness, you know, that, wait a minute, I haven't experienced this in my life. So um, I guess from my personal experience growing up in Western Wisconsin, you know, my whole life until I was about 25 and really not having gone, traveled, been places, you know, people of color were not plentiful in when we grew up and people, I mean, I, I'm sure that there were people who were very poor, I, but I didn't know it. I mean, I didn't know <laughs> that. <clears throat> I thought we were all kind of about on the same socioeconomic sort of playing field, sure. which, you know, and I, I just, I was just so naive about it, but I think awareness and, and I think personally what has changed me is having been to Mexico, having been in Europe, having been in the United Kingdom, um, having been to all different parts of the United States now um, to realize that there are people who don't have the same advantages. And so for me, it was just awareness that things aren't all the same as what I grew up with. And I think people can sort of get trapped in that thinking of, well, if you just put one foot in front of the other, you're going to end up um, with what you want. And certainly that can, that can happen. And then in certain circumstances, there are a whole lot of roadblocks that pe that some people have that other people just don't. And so to keep plodding along and swimming upstream, like with like a salmon is, is a lot to ask, I think of not of anybody or of yourself. Um, and so I think oh, spreading awareness that not everybody has the same advantages or even disadvantages sure. that any of us have. And then um, I don't know, it's almost like you have to go through a dark patch in your life where you have a, a meaningful and maybe negative, difficult situation. And then you realize, oh, it's not what I thought it was. And all I wanted was somebody to really get it, to really, really get it. Yeah. And, and there were too many people that really didn't get it. Yeah. And, um, and you know, um, I mean, I could go on about um, addictions and things like that, that, you know, I, I've never been a drug, drug addict. I've never been addicted to alcohol. Um, there, I, I've never traveled that road and, and had that something that had that power over me other than food. Um, and, and then to be able maybe to make some connections and links between the things that challenge each of us to, Oh, other people have challenges. They're different than mine, but they have them too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. Just just keeping in mind and trying to spread that awareness that everybody has their struggles. Everybody has their story. Everybody has, you know, like you said, I wasn't addicted, addicted to drugs or alcohol, but I had a food addiction. Um, okay. There's probably a lot of people in the world that would never understand that statement because they've never been there. Correct. But we have to spread like we are right now. And hopefully this, you know, helps do that is to spread that awareness that everybody has their own struggle. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own, as you put it, dark place that maybe they had to crawl out of their well that they had to crawl out of. 
Mm-hmm. And if there's a way that we can help them crawl out, then we need to do more of that, whatever it happens to be. I agree. What is right now the biggest change you you personally <coughs> wish to see in the world? The biggest change I wish to see in the world. Um, wow. You know, there is such a huge inequity between the haves and the have nots. And certainly I'm not saying, I think that the haves should give everything to the have nots. That's not at all what I'm saying. I would like for the have nots to be brought up to a better place where people can, people have enough to eat and people have a home to live in. And, And I'm not saying we should give it to them either. Just saying that I would like to see that where, you know, there aren't starving children in Africa and (laughs) there aren't starving children on the Rosebud Reservation in, in uh, the United States. And, you know, I'd like to see more equity in, in those terms. And I guess I'd like to see where, um, gosh, Tammy, you know, when we were little kids, um, we, we grew up post race riots and, Um, I mean, I don't remember those kinds of things happening and, um, if they were in the news, I was too young to know about it, but my gosh, it's been 50 years for God's sakes. And before that, it was another hundred years of struggle. And I'd like to see where, um, we look at, everybody looks at people as people and make, makes, if they're going to make judgments on people, make it on things that actually matter, (laughs) you know, Mm. not, you know, not, uh, how much money they have in their bank account or, um, what their ethnic background is or what church they go to or don't go to. And I mean, I, I wish, I wish I could see. And, and I guess, you know, like, let's not have religion be a, a thing that we start wars over. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as long as awesome. I'm wishing, as long as I'm wishing. For, Might as well you know, wish everything. big. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm going to back up a little bit because you're a teacher and because I know you have some teenage um, kids in your classroom many times and have throughout the years. What, what bit of advice would you have for that approach of them not comparing themselves to each other and how you can keep kids from, you know, they go out, they go to school, they have to have, you know, what, what is it this year? When we were kids, it was Levi's and Nike's, you know, when, and now it's uh, Under Armour and whatever. How do we get, how do we break away from that? And just, I, I would like to find a way to help kids learn how to be themselves before they're 40 and 50 years old. You know, I think um, that we constantly tell kids, be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. But how, how do, how do we tell them how to be themselves and like what they like and be who they want? And how do we do that? I mean, if I had the answer to that question, I wouldn't be a one room schoolhouse teacher, (laughs) like, you know, off doing whatever. Um, I bet you've had some success over the years of doing that, though. Well, um, I, I, I don't, I mean, honestly, I feel a little bit stymied by this question. I, 
I think it's experience. I mean, I think, you know, we can't, teenagers are not little adults and kids are not miniature adults either. And so getting to that place really it really that is the journey mm. it is the lifetime of of wisdom mm. remember when we were when we were kids you know we used to we i remember talking about wisdom and old people have wisdom well old people have wisdom because they have experiences sure and, and when you're young you don't have those experiences yet i i mean i think encouraging kids to that exactly all those things that you said um maybe telling the stories you know in terms of hey, this was me when I was your age, or hey, this is me when I was 20, 30, 40 years old. And hey, this is me when I got to be 50 something. And it took me my whole life to get to this place where I was comfortable in my own body. And don't let that be you. Try to find your experiences that move you toward that um, much sooner. Try not to let it you know, take you 50 years like it took me, but they have to find their own path to that. Seriously. Yeah, that's, that's great. It it doesn't, um, it doesn't, there's no magic recipe for that. I like this. I like the story idea. You know, my dad was God rest his soul, but he, he was the type of person that he taught us by telling us stories. And I, I remember numerous stories that he told us and whether his, I'm sure his intention was to teach us, but whether it was or not, that was the outcome is we learned something from that, you know, and one, one uh, story in particular that kind of relates to what we're talking about. I remember we were um, driving in the car and I asked my dad, I said, you know, cause he would always tell us, you know, to try to lift each other up, lift people up. So here I am going full circle and I'm trying to lift people up now uh, with this podcast and with my website and with Uplift Universe. But here here I am looking at this and I'm remembering a, a conversation I had with my dad and him, I'm me saying to him, he said, you know, kind of what you said before, they wanted to protect you from those people that maybe weren't the best people, the people that were going to help you become more and uh, strive to do your best and people who weren't necessarily going to be supportive of your efforts in life. They were going to drag you down. And I remember saying to my dad, you know, at what point if we're supposed to be helping each other and lifting each other up, then at what point do you just quit being friends with somebody or not have them as part of your life? And his answer was, when they start dragging you down instead. Right. And I think that's that's a huge thing. And, and that kind of ties into comparison, too. You know, we're, we're not put on the planet to judge others, but it's inevitable. You're going to look at that person and go, okay, is that somebody who needs the lift up or somebody that is going to refuse the lift and start dragging me down? Right. So we all have to find ways to lift each other up as long as we can. And and yet there's going to be those times that we find that if we continue on that path, that person might drag us down. And I think that's hugely important for people, especially when they're young people, to know that so they can learn from somebody else's mistakes. 
learn, develop those stories, learn their own, have their own experiences, gather their own wisdom, but don't be afraid, young people, to look at someone and go, they made some of the mistakes that I don't want to make in life. It's okay to do that. Right. Yeah. Great, great advice. Yeah. You do know, you have anything you want to add to that, Lynn? I do. Um, I was thinking about how you were talking about how your dad was teaching through stories. <laughs> I was, and the first thing that went through my mind was, yep, Jesus did that too. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah. true. Yes. Um, what do you have any questions for me? Oh, gee, you sprung that right on me. <laughs> do I have any questions for you? Um, well, I hate to be like, no, I don't have any questions for you. <laughs> I should have thought of some ahead of time. I should have anticipated. Well, after 50 years of friend, well, almost 50 years of friendship, we probably have answered a lot of those questions. <laughs> Um, and, and you know it's not hard to go hey I got a question okay shoot so when we're always in contact so right right um, yes we are um I, I'm gonna spring this one on you too but with everything there is in the world all of the social media all of the ways that people have to communicate I see such a decline in communication especially in our young people. They seem to be able to text a lot, go on social media a lot, Instagram, Snap, whatever. But to sit down and have conversations, it's, it's starting to dwindle. And I'm just wondering if you have, with, with your years of wisdom and your experiences as a teacher, do you have any good advice for how we can help that situation um see i i am of the opinion that kids a lot of kids still i mean they may not sit down on the couches like we did this morning next to each other and have a conversation but they are having conversations they have it's just a different way of having a conversation and it may seem like sort of less personal to us because it's not how we did it. But just because we did it a certain way doesn't mean a, it's the best or it's the only way. It just means that's how we did it. Sure. And, and I think that kids are actually in um, a lot more contact with each other. I mean, we had to go actually walk over to the phone and, you know, dial it and <laughs> wait for each other to answer and see if you were even home. And string the really long cord all over the yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. And like try to keep it someplace, you know, try to have the really long cord so that it could get reach into your room or the bathroom so that <laughs> you could you know, have some privacy private conversation. Right? And, yes. um, and certainly I think that there can be negative things about that. I think it can be isolating in terms of physical activity, you know, like where kids are only um, sitting on, on, sitting around texting and doing those kinds of things that they're not out playing a sport necessarily. And they might be doing that too. Right. Um, but so I think it can be isolating and, and I think it can be um, fodder or fuel for bullying and, you know, cyber bullying. And, and it can be isolating to kids who feel like they can't share that with someone that, Hey, this is happening to me. But I, I think that kids do a lot more communication than, 
then we, as adults, we look at it through our lens and think, oh, they're not, they're not talk, they're not communicating with each other. But I actually think they do a, a lot of communication. It's just a different method of communication than we're used to. Um, I think though that um, we need to continue to bring awareness to that if you are a person who's going, a young person who's going through where, you know, social media kinds of bullying, cyber bullying that you have, that, that you know that there's someone out there, your parent or your teacher or your aunt or even just a really close friend who's outspoken and likes to talk or something, <laughs> wouldn't know who that is, um, or, or who's not afraid to tell on your behalf, um, that there's a path out of that um, and that you don't have to be stuck in it. That's awesome. <clears throat> I think that's great. I, when I was going to, I was listening to a podcast myself. I'm a big podcast addict. Um, and I was listening to a podcast and the person who was being interviewed was talking about how they were in a very dark place at the time. And their, their advice to anyone going through a tough time is you need to tell your story, tell your story, tell your story, tell your story. If it seems like you can't, there's always somebody just like you just said, there's somebody that you can trust and you can sit down with and tell that story. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think it bears repeating that I, if yeah. that person is in that darker place or the well, as you said, and they're trying to dig themselves out, look around it, look around yourself and see if maybe, maybe you're the person that has to go to them and tell them because that's what happened to this person. One of their good friends sat them down and said, you can let it out. It's right. okay to let it out. I think that there's a lot of strength to be found in sharing your story, whatever that story is. So um, I've shared my weight loss story um, through social media and um, within not only the Delay Don't Deny groups, but also in the Elliptigo groups. I ride a crazy bike without a seat, several crazy bikes without a seat. <laughs> And, um, and so people will say, oh, you're so inspiring and whatever. And what they don't realize is that all the things that I put out there that, I don't know, I guess they tell me that it's inspiring to them. Um, but that those responses, I get a lot back from that, you know, in terms of remaining um, fit and remaining committed to my health and remaining committed to encouraging other people. So again, it kind of comes full circle to what we talked about before. <clears throat> it's the domino effect, but you have to almost imagine like a, a, a single little circle of dominoes and, yeah. all, and they're, and they're all getting toppled at the same time in an outward direction, more like ripples. You talked about that as well. Yeah. And so telling your story can bring it actually ends up bringing strength back to you too great that's a great thing to say yeah that's beautiful well lynn we are drawing to a close this time has flown by as it always does when you and i talk it's true but i would like to ask if there's anything you would like to add before i close this session um i would just say to people that as we 
finished up talking um, that to, to look around, to try to really see people, like really see them, not just, oh, that's so-and-so walking in the room, but to see people, to see what, um, are they a person that you could say, hey, you seem down, can I help? Or, hey, let me share this thing with you that um, made me really happy or made me excited, Um, but to connect with people. Connect. connect Yeah. Connection. That's great. We need more connection. I agree. That is awesome. That's a great way to. And, and so I just want to say thank you so much. First of all, for being my friend, for being my first podcast um, interview. E thank you for the cheerleader that you are. The minute that I said, I want to do this. You were 150% behind me. I think you should do it. That sounds like a great idea. Do it. Um, I've never had a time in our 40 some years of friendship that something has come up that you haven't been 100% supportive and cheerleader for me. So I really thank you for that. Um, and, and along the way, remember, I'm, I'm the one that might tell you that you, you might be being a, <laughs> a dumbass. A dumbass. <laughs> But go ahead and I will be there to help you pick up the pieces if that's what happens. So exactly. on occasion, I have said something along those lines as well. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very honored to be your first uh, guest on your podcast. And I know it's going to be a tremendous success. Oh, well, I appreciate that so much. And just thank you really from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, Lynn. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Tammy for a Change. I look forward to talking to you next week.